our own building. And it looks like it's pretty full today. What a blessing. What a blessing we have to have this liberty to, to gather here and to open the word together. A lot of people in this this day today don't have this opportunity. So let's not take it lightly. So as I was thinking about what to speak, yesterday we were um, such a nice spring day. We were out cleaning up the yard and all the trash that was buried under the snow and putting it together in a pile and burning it. Had a good fire going. And one of the children asked, um, Daddy, would metal burn? And I said, well, I was told anything with enough of heat will burn. And they said, well, Will concrete burn? And I said, well, the Bible says that the earth will melt with a fervent heat. And so that got me thinking as I went about my work the rest of the afternoon. It just kept going through my mind, seeing all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be? So that's what I'm going to be speaking on. What manner of persons ought ye to be? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you that your word gives us instruction. Lord, that we're not left without that. We're not left guessing. But you give us very clear instruction on how we ought to live. And you've told us, you've warned us that all these things will be dissolved and will melt with a fervent heat. And then you teach us, Lord, throughout all of your word, what manner of person we ought to be. Lord, so help us as we just look at a, a snippet of this, just a, a peek into it. For the whole of scripture gives us instruction in this. So, Lord, give me, give me utterance. Pray you bless your word as it goes out, that it may not return void. Lord, help us to know how we ought to, what manner of person we ought to be. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm going to start in 2 Peter 3, where this comes from. <clears throat> we'll start at verse 1. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same store are kept in by the same word are kept in store 
reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, ye are not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements that and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. I'll stop reading there. Excuse me. So seeing all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Now, I would at times look at this, this verse and think that it was calling us to some form of asceticism. That is, do as little as possible with the things of this world and own as little as possible of this world because it will soon all burn away. And uh, I don't think that's what the scripture is saying here. I know some people take it that way. Um, even though Jesus did say in Matthew six nineteen and 21, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And this is usually the angle I would have looked at it, but today I'm going to look at a different angle, which I think is its scriptural intent here is not so much focusing on things, but on how we conduct ourselves in preparation. So how, how are we conducting ourselves seeing um, that these things will be dissolved? It says, what manner, what manner of persons, or another word is what sort, what sort of persons ought ye to be? in all holy conversation and godliness. Now those, those words are, I've got to be honest, they're a little hard to grasp. Um, holy conversation and godliness. Um, I don't know what, what image that conjures in your mind when you think of that. So anyway, taking out of this here text, there's a few points I took out of it. Um, that he, he lays out right in here what manner of persons we ought to be. 
Number one is to be vigilant. There in verse 12, it says, looking for. Looking for the coming of the day of God. We are to be looking for. Is that what we do? Are we looking for that? I'm going to read in Mark 13. verse 28 to the end. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for ye know not when the time is come, when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. And I think that's, that's an important part. Are we watching? For his return. Is that something, is that in our agenda during the day? When we start out our day, um, we maybe have a, you know, this is what we're going to do, this is where we're going to go. Do we ever factor in that we need to be watching for his return? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. So let's be found watching. I'm going to read in 1 Thessalonians. Five, one through eight. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Notice his confidence in the church. You're not in darkness, that should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We're not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. 
You know, I just had a thought here. Um, I know we're not, we don't drink. We're not, we don't get drunk. Um, But do you ever feel like you're drunken with the cares of this life? Sometimes I wonder if uh, we have our own form of drunkenness. We get so caught up with whatever it is that um, takes your attention. And we have our own form of drunkenness that we're not found watching. So we need to... uh, Watch for Christ's return, but we need to also, while we're watching, watch out for each other. Um, Whether we're a parent or a church leader, we need to watch for those that are placed under our care, that they may be found ready. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as that as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So there's just I take a little piece out of there. They watch for your souls. Do we as parents or as church leaders or anyone that's in charge over others, are we watching for their souls? That's a challenge for me as a parent. Am I watching over their souls? And beyond that, it even gets wider. We need to be watching for one another. Hebrews twelve fifteen says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And here, I don't think he's... This is Hebrews. I don't think it's spoken specifically to a church leader or an authority, but this is spoken to the church. And he tells them to look diligently, lest any of you fail of the grace of God. I think we, we're given a charge here for all of us to be watching out for each other. Are we looking diligently? Are we earnestly watching for one another? Do we care enough if we see someone faltering? <clears throat> So, one more thing on watching. There's a a warning given in Revelation 3. 3, just one verse. Okay, I got it here. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So let's be found watching. Seeing all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons should we be? I think we're called to be watching. Watching for his return, watching for one another. That we're all found prepared and ready when he comes. Point number two, anticipating Christ's return. And back in the text again here. Verse 12, it says, Hasting unto the coming of the day of God. So what does it mean when he says, we already looked at looking, 
looking onto or looking for, but also says, and hasting onto the return of God, or the coming of the day of God. What does hasting mean? It means to urge on, await eagerly, and haste onto. It's something you're, um, you're urging it on, you're waiting eagerly, you're hasting onto. There's some anticipation, some urgency, some eagerness. Hasting onto the coming of the day of God. We have an example of that in Acts. This is the one of the first times we see Christ's church looking for his return. <clears throat> Acts one, nine through eleven. So Jesus had just addressed his disciples. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. <clears throat> so here we see that the disciples setting an example of, of longing and watching for his return. They had just seen him leave. They were standing there, and it, I don't know if there's any indication how long they stood there. It would be interesting to know how long did they stand there. Um, I would guess it was some length of time. I don't know how long. Um, but they were they were longing for his return, and he had just left. So the angels basically told them they couldn't just stand there watching, but they had work to do till he returned. I guess that's my interpretation. Um, they didn't say that. And number two, they could be assured that he would return again. They assured them that he would return. He said in like manner. So we have that we have that assurance he will return. And we are 2,000 some years past that. Um, we're closer to the day. <clears throat> so in Revelations, this is the second to last verse in the whole Bible. Revelations 22, 20. Here, John, old disciple John, apostle John, gives his, his take on it. He which testifies these things saith, surely I come quickly. And then John says, amen, even so come, Lord Jesus. Is that the state of our heart? Is that the posture that we're in? Even so come, Lord Jesus. Are we longing for his return? Do we find ourselves at times like those disciples gazing into heaven? Is he coming back? How soon? When's he coming? (laughs) 
So let's be found watching with anticipation. So as, as the text said, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Um, that is such a huge topic. I'm, just, I'm not going to even touch all of it because the scriptures, all of scriptures tells us what manner of persons we ought to be. But in 1 John 3, I'm going to read out of there. And this is the beginning of the third point, which is purify yourself in preparation. 1 John 3, 1 through 4 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And here's what I was getting to. And every man that hath his hope in him, what's that hope? That hope of him returning and we being like him. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. So if we have that hope, if we're, if we're looking for and expecting his return, we're going to be found purifying ourselves and preparing ourselves for his return, that we may be like him. Going to read in First Peter, First Peter one, thirteen through seventeen. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to your former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's hope, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. So he calls us to holiness. And uh, kind of like I said before, that's, that's a word I find hard to grasp. What is holiness? But here he calls us to it. He says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So that's our calling while we, we wait for his return as we prepare ourselves. And he will be returning soon. Or was it in Peter it said um, that in these last days, I know there's some places in Scripture, it, it indicates that they were expecting him to return any time. And uh, we're now 2,000 years later, we surely are closer. 
2 Peter 3, 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. That's quite a calling, to be without spot and blameless. Fourth point, being at peace. There in 2 Peter 3, the text that we're reading, verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Being being diligent, we may be found in peace. So as I looked at that, it didn't say peace with what? It says just be found in peace. My question was peace with who? Who we be found in peace? Matthew Henry's comment on this was Christians must be perfecting holiness that they may not that they be not only blameless before men, but also in the sight of God. So I think it is at peace with God, yes, and at peace with men. I don't know if we can separate the two and be called in peace. I mean, I know we can't. <clears throat> Being in peace means peace with man and peace with God. Mark's 9, verse 50 says, Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. <clears throat> Romans fourteen nineteen. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify one another. So if we're to be found in peace, we'll be following after things that make for peace, and how we can edify one another. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And the study I did on this verse, as I read it, um, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So, does that, is that meaning that we will not see the Lord and be accepted by Him if we do not have peace with men? Or is it just saying if we do not have holiness? It was just a question. I think, I think having peace with men is, is very important, and we will be judged by it. <clears throat> so let's be in peace, waiting for his return. And have you made peace with your God? <clears throat> Colossians 1.14, it says, In whom, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, then skipping down verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, 
By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. <clears throat> so while it's, it's good and important, very important to be at peace with men, um, it's, it's very crucial, it's even... Um, it's very important that we have peace with God. If we don't have peace with God, we will not be accepted. We will not be found in peace. <clears throat> Luke twelve thirty five thirty eight says, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet, and will come and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch and find them, so blessed are those servants. So let's be found watching. And the last verse here in closing. Revelations 22:11-12 He that is unjust let him be unjust still and he that is filthy let him be filthy still and he that is righteous let him be righteous still and he that is holy let him be holy still and behold I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be so that's all I have. I hope that was an encouragement that um, that you could factor that into your schedule tomorrow to be found watching. And may we all be found watching one for another, lest any man fail the grace of God. The Lord bless you.